Welcome to the Wildlands. I'm Matt. And I'm David. In today's episode, we'll be talking about tree stands, giving you the bird's eye view, as well as trail cameras, the spy of the wild. And make sure to stay tuned till the end of the episode, where we will give you the insight on our product of the day. So let's jump right into it. So yeah, so now we're at uh, episode 14, close to the end of season two. Uh, Now we're looking at uh, really like uh, what are we looking at? We're looking at about like three more episodes and we're actually done season two. We'll be closing it out. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. So I don't know if uh, that 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 obviously is a good thing to, to, to both of us because we've already have, we already have season three planned. Therefore, you can expect another 16 episodes for another at season. At least. Yeah. A minimum oh, yeah. of another 16 episodes. And uh, no, well, like uh, Matt was saying, uh, very first topic of the day, we're going to be talking about tree stands uh, and how this sits with you guys. Uh, sits, ha 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 ha, funny word. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, pun intended. <laughs> pun intended. Um, yes, we're definitely going to be talking about this as being a subject because we've got spring coming up. Uh, well, we already are in springtime. But uh, we've got many seasons coming up with especially the bear season coming up this spring uh, and the contest on top of that. Uh, This is an integral part to your hunting success. So I'm going to let Matt go and dive into this one uh, since you have a little bit more experience than I do in the tree stand business. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, you know, tree stands are, like you mentioned, an integral integral part of uh getting your your setup oh, what, right uh, integral <laughs> yeah i had to make I you do it's it it's late <laughs> it's late and um there's there's different varieties of stands is which what we're going to what we're going to be covering in uh, in this episode um you know because many of you guys will be getting out uh either starting food plots starting bait stations uh this that spring and you're you're going to have to be considering, as we mentioned in earlier episodes, placing your tree stands, mm-hmm. uh, creating your shooting lanes. So the type of tree stand you're going to be using may play a very big role in deciding uh, your food plot design, layout, uh, and hunting style for when you're, whatever season uh, of game you're you're after. Yeah, uh, like a, a real critical up, you know? part of the that decision on top of that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, uh, there's there's more popular uh, styles of stand than others in our region. Uh, and I will also elaborate on, on why certain ones are better in our region. And I'm sure that there's reasons that the ones that are not as popular with us are more popular in other regions. Would, would now, you say, well, just before you keep going, when you say like there there are some that are like more accessible or more useful in our region and whatnot. Uh, Mm -hmm. This does not, however, dictate the fact that somebody could still use some of the other models if they wanted to. Uh, Of course. It's just the efficiency of certain models are less than, than, you know. Not, I wouldn't say the efficiency. I would say the simplicity. Okay. Um, Okay. And I'm going to start off with the first example. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, You know, I'm going to, I'm going to name the types of tree stands, and then I'll give an example. Yep. So there are ladder stands, which are, you know, exactly what they entail, a built-in ladder uh, up to your stand. Yes. You have climbing tree stands, which we'll get into detail with that after. There are tripod stands, which are self-sitting, you know, you don't need the tree part yeah, to make exactly. the stand. And then you have fixed position stands, Okay. Um, so our first example, I'll talk about climbing tree stands, you know, as well as I do, uh, our dense forests, uh, with the, uh, forest type that we have here being, you know, in the boreal forest, uh, very thick, uh, yeah. coniferous trees, uh, Tell me about not, it. You can't I, see yeah, 20 feet in front of you. That's almost. it. But again, the tree stand, the climber tree stand is not because the forest is necessarily dense it's the type of tree yeah you need obviously a tree that does not have many branches uh, as straight as possible uh you know with a certain kind of bark on there so you can actually get some grip in there because yeah when we say a climbing tree stand 
it's a portable the the beauty of it is is very portable i mean yeah they fold up they make a backpack you have it on your shoulder straps yeah like the versatility you walk to wherever it, you go being able to like maneuver let's say yeah around without having something that's like 35 50 pounds in your back you know exactly and i mean you get to your spot you set it up on the tree it there's a little bit of setup uh and I'll talk about a little bit of a disadvantage in a minute as well. Yeah. But exactly, you get there, you have it on your back, uh, you know, you get to your stand, your your tree location, you attach the the seat part, which is the top part of the stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a there's a very critical way of of making sure your straps are loose enough that you can use them to climb, but tight enough so they don't slip off the tree. Yep. Yeah, um, you don't want to end up crumpling you, and having a. A crushed exactly. vertebrae in the back because actually exactly. that, that's something that uh, we'll have to touch base on too uh, later on in the subject. And I know that you'll be able to touch base on it as well is the security, the safety, <laughs> the safety exactly. point of, you know, tree stands, regardless of which one you choose. Uh, but sorry about that. I'll, I'll let you continue on. No, your, no, for sure. On your for sure. But because one. safety, safety as in all our episodes, we always talk about safety. So it, it will be a, a, a big big point on on this episode as well yeah so once you have your top section tied in you attach your bottom section which is your your footrest and then when you get in you pretty much have this strap that you run your feet under uh the pressure the gravity pressure of you standing on the base keeps the base on the tree you lift up the top part as you know to a certain height then you apply pressure on the top part which then locks that one in place, and then you use your feet to tilt, release the pressure, pull your knees up, put pressure again. So you can see it's kind of a back and forth motion yep. of the upper and the, the lower part bringing it, you up to height. Yeah, it resembles pretty much like uh, how back in the day lumberjacks used to climb trees to be able to cut it, the the top of say, exactly. widow makers or different things like that that they called them. Yep, they would literally mm-hmm. climb them uh, with straps to their feet. Um, and move and behind their waist and behind their waist and then they would you know climb the tree that way and then be able to cut the tops off and and section it off you know as they go exactly but you can see how this would not be ideal if your forest or your your area of hunting has trees with branches from the base up where you have to cut every limb yeah exactly and make sure you don't have stubs you know and then Again, I was saying bark selection. You have to have a tree that, you know, is not this really hard bark that, that your your spikes will not grab into and just make like this slick slide down. Because don't yep. forget, as you're going up in a tree, the trunk is getting smaller. Yep. No. Definitely. So your straps are getting looser as you're going up. So yep. you have to over tighten at the bottom. And then as you get up, it'll level off. Yeah, it compensates for the... For the, the, for the shrinking of the in, trunk. In diameter right? of the, the, you know, of the tree itself. Exactly. So for us, for me, I had one. Uh, I owned a climber stand. I took it out. I brought it in the woods, set it up on the tree, ended up not feeling comfortable enough. So I just set it up on the bottom of the tree and I sat like four feet off the ground just to not yeah. be standing. Just a little bit lower. And I ended up, I ended up selling it because I was not comfortable with it at all. Mm-hmm. Not saying that's not good. That was my personal uh, feeling. I know a lot of people that use them. Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's a stand that has its use. Uh, however, yes, of it is a stand that has its use dependent on the confidence that the hunter has of using it. You know what I mean? Like a hundred percent. It's not something I would suggest. Say somebody new in the in the no. tree stand, uh, you know, field. To exactly. go and, and try that out first, I would say get your get your bearings and your you know your mm-hmm. your time or and, learn from somebody that knows exactly. what they're doing before yes. going out and then especially before going out and I would not suggest this going out alone, but I would say before no. somebody decides to do that and they were to go out alone, and it'd be something that you do have an accident and something happens and you cannot get anybody to help you. I mean that's I guess mm-hmm. worst case scenario and worst case scenario. Yeah, you know in any situation with a tree stand because it can happen with any of them. Uh, however, exactly. this one I would say that the probability of an accident happening may be a little bit higher than the rest. Yes, and then going to the the second one, uh, which is the. The old school way, if you ask me, is the the you know the original fixed position 
uh, stand, mm-hmm. which is pretty much, you know, uh, just a chair with a footrest hanging out of a tree. All right. Yeah. Um, this is, in my personal opinion, also a, a lot of accidents happen in this one mm-hmm. because, first of all, while you're climbing up, you either use climbing sticks, which is a a small ladder type thing that you attach directly to the tree. Okay. Uh, you know, it's very well camouflaged because it's directly on the tree trunk. Uh, but you have to, they're like in small sections. You have to attach these as you climb. Okay. Which means, you know, you're always, your, your hands are never really holding on to too much as you're going up, which I find a bit dangerous. Yeah. And also you have to climb up with the stand to attach it on top uh, once you get to your desired height. Yeah. Uh, still very popular. You see them a lot. Like I say, they are very small, which makes them very well camouflaged in the hunting area. Yeah. So some some hunters really want that. And, you know, again, in my opinion, not the safest choice once again. Yeah. Uh, then the ones that I have the most uh, practice with. Lip, lip. Yes, yeah. exactly. I've I've used these in pretty much every hunt that I've went okay. uh, in different states. I own some of my own. Uh, you can get them in singles. You can get them in doubles. You can get them in in wraparounds. The 360 stand, they're called. Um, you you know you can get them with with actual little hunting blinds built into them. Yeah, is the ladder stand. I mean, they're bulkier. They're heavier. Um, you know, they are visible because again, they have a built-in ladder that is about three to four feet off the tree at some times. Okay. Uh, but in my opinion, they are probably the safest, uh, tree stand to both install and use. Okay. Meaning that once you brought your equipment out into the field, you assemble it on the ground. Yeah. You put the base of your ladder, you know, it, it usually gives you, it says, you know, have the, the base of your ladder, four feet away from the tree trunk okay and then when you lift it it just pivots your your base of the ladder stays there and it pivots all the way up till it hits the tree yeah you you attach a brace post uh i'm going to say about five six feet off the uh off the ground up against the tree you strap that on you can then climb into the tree stand and finalize your attachment of your tree stand up top but it's already somewhat secured yeah uh which makes it again Quick, easy, uh, safer. Yeah. I mean, obviously, when you're climbing anywhere, you always have to be safe. I got a question, though. Uh, so, if we're looking yeah. at cost-effectiveness amongst all the options that you that we've mentioned. Uh, yes. Like, I have, not, I have not had the time to be able to look at any of the costs mm-hmm. of any of these tree mm-hmm. stands. But since you've had variable, like a, a variety of tree stands mm-hmm. that you've already used... Um, mm-hmm. and also comparing, let's say in the type of stand that like your father uses and that you use, uh, which mm-hmm. is, I would say a self-made one. Uh, yes. what would you say would be the most cost-effective method that you could use at the moment? Let's say somebody starts it off and we're talking about safe enough in a certain sense. They're all safe. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that any... Exactly. I'm not saying that... But... All stands are dangerous. What I'm saying is no. used properly, they're safe. But what I'm saying also exactly. is if somebody is new to the industry, new to the whole method, which way can they save money on and which way can they be the safest with? I highly recommend, again, the ladder stand. Okay. Uh, Price-wise, price wise, I, I, I really enjoy, I've tried many different brands. Uh, but the API outdoors is actually the one that I found the most comfortable. Okay. They have some kind of a, like a gravity seat, uh, with a nice shooting, adjustable shooting rail in front of you. If you're rifle hunting, that also doubles as a safety rail. If you're archery hunting. Okay. Uh, they got nice armrests. They got lots of room for your legs, uh, because that's also important to have enough room for your legs out front. Your legs aren't under your seat. Um, so I would definitely say go 
with a ladder stand. Uh, All right. Because, again, safety, simplicity, um, and price-wise, I'm looking at them right now. The API Climber is $299 US, and yeah. the API Two-Person Ladder Stand is $299. Now, would you say, this is another question, in regards to a single-person or a two-person stand, mm-hmm. now, I imagine there's a lot, you know, there's a lot that comes into play when you're two individuals in a stand, obviously the diameter of the tree must vary, must be able to support, obviously, Mm -hmm. double the amount of weight, because no matter if it's a child, a woman, or a man, I mean, obviously, there's a weight value, there's almost a double weight value that happens into this. Yes. Um, In certain models that we look into, let's say even, like, let's say a self-climbing one, let's say a climbing tree stand, Mm -hmm. I imagine most of the times those will probably only be a single person, right? Yes, a climber is a single. Um, yeah, but a, then like a ladder a, a stand. freestanding is a yeah. single, and okay. a ladder can be a double. And a ladder can be a double, and then yes. obviously a tripod or a tripod stand will, will be a single, and let's say a self-built one can be can be the amount of people that you want it to be. Yes. Yeah, uh, but obviously price difference, there, there most likely is. You're looking at... Double the amount, probably, or are they? No, actually not like, at all. Not no. at all. Uh, from a single ladder, from a single ladder to a double ladder, there's usually not that big of a jump. Okay. Okay. A ladder, uh, a climber is usually going to. Okay, wait a second. Your tripod is going to be your most expensive, on most really? occasions. Yes. Really. Because there's more steel to it, right? Oh yeah, that's true. That makes sense. You know, you you got a lot more material to it. Your mm-hmm. climber is usually your, I'd say, your second most expensive because of the technology that's put in there to make sure that you got a lot of moving parts type thing and, and you know, different features. Yeah. Then your ladder stand becomes your your midpoint in most occasions. Okay. And the, the hang-on, the, the freestanding ones, um, fixed position will yep. most often be the cheaper option, but your your fixed position then needs a climbing stick or climbing pegs, yep. meaning that you have an extra cost there as well. So yep. we're just talking about stand prices right now, yeah, not the and other it, accessories. When you're talking about, like, say, the freestand one, if yep. I'm not mistaken, I've seen some people hunt with that. If I'm not, if like, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But this is the one that you often see people that they have a harness with a sling attached to the tree behind them. And it's really just like, it's just the, the, the base on the tree stand. And I mean, they they have nothing that's around them that's pretty much preventing them from, you know, jumping ship, right? Except any for their dog stand, leash that, yeah. Any tree stand, uh, because a tripod stand obviously is a freestanding Okay, with mm-hmm. a guardrail all around it. Yeah. Whether you are using a ladder, a climber, or a fixed position, please yeah. always, always have a tree strap. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I you know, I, I can understand that. Like I would, I would say the same thing. But uh, what I meant is, like for instance, the tree stands that we're talking about, uh, mm-hmm. where the ladder and and so on and so forth. I know that oftentimes there's a guardrail or like an armrest that's all the way around, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, but in the freestanding one, is there not one that is really just the base and you, you practically have the seat, the base, and, and that's yes. it? Yes. Like there's no guardrail that's around you. And I, if I'm not mistaken, some a lot of, of times... Some of them have, some of them don't. Yeah, exactly. And and if I'm not mistaken, a lot of people that do, let's say, spear hunting or different things like that actually mm-hmm. opt for the ones that do not have a guardrail around it. Because yes. they're able to move around a little bit more freely and have that access of going directly down without their hand hitting on something. Yes. So uh, that's why I was I was kind of a little bit like wondering if that was what you were talking about. Wasn't 100% sure, but I I, I believe I, I answered my question there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But uh, so, yeah, go again, ahead. like that's the, the four types of stands that you will most likely see out there. And I agree that you mentioned, uh, like, we build our own stands. Yeah. Uh, not everywhere is that allowed. Yes. Um, 
also you do have a, maybe a little bit more comfort to it because you have a little more room. Mm-hmm. But again, if you're trying to conceal yourself, not necessarily the best option. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it, to a, it's a structure. <laughs> it's a structure. It's again, creating a structure, yeah. If your your game that you're after is not as weary of its surroundings as yep. a black bear, uh, you know, you're fine. I mean, you've seen it. I've seen it many times. The bears yep. look up in the tree. They can see it. They don't care. But if you're after something like, like I'm going to say, whitetail, I would not build a, a permanent stand. You know? Yeah. That's my um, opinion. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I have seen some, you know, some episodes or shows uh, that people have used permanent blinds uh, or, you know, stands to mm-hmm. be able to hunt deer. But the difference is, is compared to what how we hunt deer, and how uh, what I've seen people hunt deer is most of the times that they've already had a food plot set up for many years. Yes, and their permanent setup, their permanent tree has stand always that they have been there. Has always been there. So the deer have accommodated or have gotten used to that type of structure, or yes. that type of you know site, and it not being something that's just straight out of the blue. Like exactly for for the example of you and I, uh, I mean we're going into areas that sometimes have never been hunted ever before. Exactly. Uh, and we're, you know, creating an area and a food plot. So the deer, like you say, are going to be extremely wary of their surroundings because the surroundings will change relatively. Mm-hmm. And putting a permanent tree stand in an area like that is you're, you're kind of inducing a type of, you know, a different scent. You're in, you're introducing yeah. a, a different type of, uh, you know, scenario or environment so therefore, it would work against us rather than work for us. That's right. Yeah. Um, no, definitely. And you know, like I've, like I said before, I've never actually hunted out of a tree stand. I've always hunted out of either a blind or out of, let's say, a, a self-made stand mm-hmm. or kind of like outpost, um, yes. or just straight walking on my feet. But uh, I'm, you know, I'd really like to try it. I know you've tried it. You've used it for sick of deer. Uh, yes. You've hunted white out tail. of trees. White tail. I mean, you've you've had the experience. You know how it is. Yep. Uh, in in my case, I I don't have that experience. I'd like to try it, but I don't know. I don't know how I would feel up in the air like that. I mean, I've I've just seen so many things happen in videos <laughs> about things yeah, going but- wrong. Or heard that, stories about where, it that, you know, I'm skeptical about it, but I know that it's safe. I know, like, I'm not... Exactly. No beef against anybody that uses tree stands and <laughs> I'm neither against the companies. You guys are doing a great job. And those that are using them properly, so be it. I'm just, I don't know. I guess I'm afraid of heights in a certain sense. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, um, I'm not afraid of heights in any way. Um, yeah. Most stands come with, I'm going to say, three to four sections of ladder. You know, you're somewhere around, you know, like 15, 15 feet. 16 feet off the ground. Yeah. I went to Kansas on a whitetail hunt, uh, 2012, I believe. And uh, when we got there, our, our buddy asked us if we were afraid of heights. Went, no, 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 no worries, <laughs> you know. He said, oh, yeah, our deer here, you know, they walk with their head up and they look in the trees. I'm like, oh, come on. Anyway, he said, yeah, we put our stands really high. And I got there, and I think there was about five or six sections. I mean, you were 24, 20, 24 feet in the air. Yeah. And uh, you feel that tree moving, and it it changes the whole angle. Well, it changes your angle uh, for your shots. A 20-yard shot now becomes, you know, a really angled shot. Yeah. So it it was quite difficult, but, you know. Yeah, it changes kind of like the the demographic, the feel of it in, in everything yes, like that. I imagine being at a higher height, your angle, your projection of where the animal is, is a lot different than when you're on the ground and it's a straight projection. Uh, yes. I mean, there's so many variables that come into play. And especially at that height, if you're bow hunting... That's it, we are always archery hunting, right? Yeah, exactly. If you're, if you're, you know, you're on that type, even that distance, that height, 
is a variable that you have to count in because that distance between you and the target, there's still wind that's happening between the two of you. And being higher up, you have more wind. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, but, these are I mean, all... You, yeah. You ahead. end up being a half a mathematician up there with, you know, triangulation of yeah, your you angle. Get that, <laughs> you get that, that, that kind of meme going on in your head there where you see the lady yep. and all the, like, math happening all yep, over the place. Yeah, pretty much the same like, thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> calculations but, happening all at once there and then it's just like okay let's do this <laughs> it's time let yeah. it fly but with that being said you know we went over the four types of of main tree stands being fixed position yep. climber ladder and tripod That's we didn't correct. talk much about tripod because tripod is mostly used uh from what i've been seeing uh for it's field hunting yeah field hunting uh planes where you have no access to trees yeah. um and in our case that's not it i have never personally hunted out of one uh, so yeah. i'm going to say that uh they definitely have their advantage but i have I, zero experience in a tripod stand yeah i i would almost find it as being in a certain sense i would find that tripod hunting in new brunswick uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, if there's anybody that's out there that, that actually uses this, uh, I would almost find it as being a hindrance to uh, how you hunt, uh, due in part because it wouldn't be high enough to be kind of like out of sight, out of mind, but at the same time, you'd be just high enough to have everything in your way. You know what I mean? Yep, exactly. Like, you wouldn't get that good field of view, but you wouldn't be hidden well enough to be you know especially let's say during bear season or anything like that Mm -hmm. i mean you still have to be at a certain height where a bear kind of can does not notice you you know in a certain Mm -hmm. way like he he probably does notice you're there at at a certain point in time Uh, but he doesn't care exactly whereas if you're lower to ground um then you know you might you might roll some chances against you yeah definitely like like i say that's why In my personal experience, I have zero with tripods. And if I keep hunting mostly in, in our region here, I will probably never have the need of a tripod stand. Yeah, So exactly. uh, that being said, Sorry. I know I mentioned it a while ago, uh, but safety again, you know, these stands most of the time come with, like you said, shooting rails. Yep. They're adjustable for your rifle hunters they're used for as a rest yep for archery hunters they're used for safety for once you're standing up they they give you you know something to grab onto if something goes bad yep but whether you're archery hunting whether you're rifle hunting whether you're any anytime you're in that tree stand make sure to be tied off once you get up there uh put the strap at a high enough point behind you that it does not bother your movement but yep. that you won't drop the entire length of it before it stops you. Yep. Wear your harness correctly. Oh, yeah. And another big <clears> one <throat> that I see a lot of guys do, they're Sorry. like, they climb up the, tra- the tree stand with their rifle or their bow or their yep. arrows. Yes. Do not do that, guys. That's Come what on. I was about I mean, to get to. <laughs> That's exactly seen... what I was about to get to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen it and I've, you know, I don't say nothing till they're up there. And I said, guys, you shouldn't do that. Always have a, a pull up rope. A pull up rope. Uh, with I you. mean, could you imagine falling out of a tree, even with just your arrows in your hand and falling on your quiver and yep. having an arrow, you know, pierce I mean, you? That would not, not be good. They're scalpels. Like, oh, I mean, it's exactly. not a tree branch. And even a tree branch would hurt. But these things are I mean. they're razor blades. They're, you probably won't even notice they've gone into your into you and actually you know what I, I say that you probably won't even notice i read an article in um the uh, magazine aventure chasse pêche mm-hmm. of a guy that was talking about this exactly this this scenario <clears throat> sorry that he was mentioning in this article that uh he had fallen out of his tree stand mm-hmm. with his his bow mm-hmm. um and never actually noticed that the arrow had pierced his jacket, had pierced uh, like through his jacket uh, and and into his thigh 
I believe it was his thigh or was it anyways, it was somewhere that was critical. Mm -hmm. Uh, and because it is such a scalpel, I mean, Mm -hmm. the pain that was being emitted out of this injury was the same as if it was a bruise. So to him, he had only been bruised, but then at a certain point he was feeling tired and (laughs) exhausted. And when he looked over to, to his side, he noticed that like, say his jacket was all opened up and he was like, he was all opened up. And when he checked underneath, I mean, his pant leg was, was full of blood. Like it, he was losing blood big time. He, he was losing blood big time. And he was even saying that he was at a distance of an area that, I mean, if he had not noticed soon enough, yeah. if he had noticed too late, he was actually too far away and probably to would make have it out. out. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, this is something that like not a lot of people put into consideration, but as you mentioned, get a pull-up rope. It's, it's that important. And, it's that important. Yeah. And it, you should not have something with you. I mean, no matter what. Uh, if you're working or if you're you're not working and you're going hunting, I mean, when you climb a ladder or anything like that, just bring a pull-up rope and bring your tools with that, you. you. That's the mean? one thing, you know, <clears throat> you're climbing a ladder, you know, oh, I don't want to put my expensive rifle on the ground or my bow on the ground and pull it up. Hey, accidents, freak accidents can happen so fast. Yeah, exactly. Just do it. I mean, take care of your, your bow or your gun that you're putting down on the ground. Be yep. careful when you're pulling it up. Doing the same thing when you're going down. Drop it down before you uh, get out. And then you climb down. You have your both hands on the ladder or climbing sticks or whatever. And just, yep. you know, be safe again at what you're doing. Exactly. So and for that, the tree stands, that's all the information that I can give you. Yep. Safety first. Uh, and, go and do your your studying on the tree stands. And again, study the type of forest that you're going to have, which would probably be the number one uh, decision-making factor of what kind of stand you should get. Yeah. And I'm also just going to point that out there. Uh, as you were mentioning, like when you when you pull up a, uh, a, a firearm, any firearm, for the love of God. Like, unload it. Unload it before you bring it up. <laughs> like yep. just... Just, it's, it's gotta be empty. Like, yes, for safety on and it's empty. (laughs) I just, just do that, please. I mean, exactly. I would see like, it's a no brainer. It's just, it's a no brainer. And I mean, I don't know if we mentioned it earlier, but I'm saying it now because it's a safety, it's an integral part of safety. And it should be for anybody that's out there. Just please do that. <laughs> and and make everybody's lives a lot easier and better. Exactly. Um, and uh, no, definitely. So as you mentioned, we pretty much uh, covered all bases on this. Mm-hmm. But uh, topic we have two. We subject. <laughs> we do. We have another subject, which is trail cameras. Yeah. And the, I would say the... The for and against trail cameras and how people feel about them. Uh, yeah. Obviously, in our in our let's say in our like experience that we have, yep. we're obviously for them. Uh, yes, and a lot of our hunting buddies are for them as well. Uh, I mean, this is it, it, this is a choice that people make, and you know, mm-hmm. it, it's a choice that everybody can make. Some people use them long on longer periods of time than others. I, we're we're in a relatively decent, good time period. I find that when we use yes. them, I mean, we're not going to like use them year round. We're not going to leave them there. Uh, yep. and then just kind of, you know, whatever we, we have a, uh, I would say a good time frame that we, we use them a respectable time frame that puts us at a certain advantage, but not too much. Exactly. And I mean, you talk about advantage. You have to understand that these animals are still living wild, which means that, in my opinion, if I know I have a a nice buck or a large bear, I'm not the one that goes and, and like, charts it out. Okay, he's there at a certain time for three days, then the next two days he's at a certain time, then he comes back to the regular time and, like, put all that effort into it. I want to see what's there, 
and if is it's he worth showing it? up at night or showing up during the day? Yeah, okay, exactly. that's fine. Yeah. But and, to and go know, and say, I'm going to target a time to get him, I will not do that. Yeah, exactly. And and to even put, you know, matters into the fact that, that we, you know, it's really, our use is pretty much only to know what's in the area, if it's actually worth, exactly. you know, investing in more bait or, or so on and so forth and put it there. Yep. Because, I mean, at the same time, we're we're investing in something and then we want to make sure that our investment is going to use. Exactly. Um, but the same the same goes, as you were mentioning, it even goes even further than saying if they come out at night or if they come out during the day. I mean, it's almost, you can kind of predict it, but at the same time, oh, you with could what if you, you put have a lot of time videos. into it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, the amount of time that we put into it and the experience that I've had with it is it doesn't actually, like it, it works at a certain sense, but not all the time. Because like, for instance, no, when, no. when I went bear hunting, we were like, we were dead set that that bear or those bears, like their their peak time was more in, in the evening. Mm-hmm. But then surprisingly enough, I think two out of the maybe five, four days that we went out, uh, the bear would show up more in the morning than he would in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, so, I mean, it's... They're still wild. They're still wild. They'll, uh, they'll go when they're hungry. You know what I mean? They like can do what they want. <laughs> exactly. We're not you dictating know. the way or nor are we putting a path for them to, you know... No. To to set that they have to go in at that time. There's no gates. There's nothing. Like, I mean, they, they exactly. roam. That's it's why free roam. <laughs> I don't feel it as being... Uh, an advantage necessarily to the hunter nor a disadvantage to the animal yeah um i just find it i i really like the way you explained it as being a a way of knowing if all your hard work is going to pay off mm-hmm. and also see the progression of your hunting area exactly i mean if you have your trail camera out there, like you know my father does with his moose stands, right? Yep. The same moose stands, the same moose hunting spots have been there for years. Mm-hmm. And he has the camera in the exact same location every year. And he can see, you know, the salt lick area uh, growing. He can see certain bulls. He knows that that's the one that was there last year. And, oh, look, he made it through the season. We didn't see him during hunting, but he's still around. Yeah, exactly. Um, it does not mean that we're targeting and and predicting to 100% to be successful on our hunt on a certain animal. You know, yeah. it, it's just... It's just seeing if it's let's face still it, an active area or not. I mean... Let's face it. It's still fun to go pick up that memory card get back to camp, put it in the computer, and then notice you have 700 pictures. And then you're going through everyone, and then you see something like, wow. And I mean, I've seen some stuff on the trail cam that I wasn't even looking for, being, you know, I had it at a bear stand, and that I'm flicking through the pictures, and it's at night, and usually at night I don't really look at them. And then I hit one, and there's a coyote perfectly centered on the frame, you know, howling. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just find that so cool. Well, exactly. So, like you, you get some, you get a, an, you get a, a view at moments where you, you can never get a view, you know, they exactly. have, they have night vision on it and so on that like you're capable of seeing something that you would never be able to see or because you're either sleeping or you're just not in the area at all. But exactly. uh, it, it's, you know, it's pretty much sums it up to the fact like the way that you and I use it is just... It's not to like spot a certain animal, say it's exactly that animal that we want to get. I mean, yes, eventually we'll say like, okay, well, hopefully he shows up, but we're not going to be like, he shows up at such and such hour between such and such time on such and such stand. And I'm going to be there during that time. And during those hours, Exactly. (laughs) we're like, I just want to know if what I spent a whole bunch of money on (laughs) is actually bringing in what I want it to bring in. Exactly. And like I said, the chance to be there and, and the excitement of, you know, you know that animal is there. Yeah. You're sitting there, it's perfectly quiet. Then you hear the leaves rustle and you're thinking, man, is that him? Yeah, exactly. And it could show up to be a completely 
different one that is bigger or or yeah. you know uh completely opposite being opposite you know, to the to what you you initially thought you were going to be you know but seeing. the excitement <laughs> of of just knowing that there's a possibility to me is what's important exactly that's why i like trail cameras that's why i like to use them and i mean technology has went so far in the last few years with these trail cameras absolutely i mean you're going to talk about a, a few different variables that yeah. the cameras evolved into which just changed the game uh, for a lot of hunters as well well exactly that and uh, what i'll be talking about this is a camera company this is a a tried tested and true uh camera com- trail camera company that uh, you and i have both been able to uh to use uh yes. also your father is a a strong believer in strong these. believer in this company in its service and in its product as well as in its use um it's spy point spy point yeah, being, definitely yeah spy point being a, a camera company trail camera company uh that even bass pro is a huge advocate to and yes. they have been able to let's say to what they offer i would say they offer a trail camera at a economical, you know, like a, a cost efficient, uh, you know, product for the yeah. client that does not break your bank, that gets you what you want to get, that has many options to it, and that can even have a lot more options uh, available in other models and still at a good price point. Now, yep. when we're looking at SpyPoint and the technological advancement that they've had, uh, we're looking at cellular. Uh, uh, well, it's called the cell link. And what the cell link mm-hmm. is, is a universal cellular adapter. What this does, you can actually buy the cellular adapter. It's seventy nine ninety nine US. No, so it's we're, Canadian. It's Canadian. I'm on their site right now. Yeah, it's seventy nine ninety nine Canadian. Well, there you go. So it's 80 bucks Canadian. And what this adapter does is it actually links in to where your SD card would normally sit. With that said, it says that it's an adapter that sits or that adapts, that is compatible with most trail cams. Now, I don't have a list. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to start naming, you know, products and then you guys buy exactly. it thinking it works for it and it doesn't. It it says that it is compatible with most trail cameras. Therefore, it's not just by point. It can be for other trail cameras as well. And what this does is it transmit it transmits sorry through LTE networking therefore on your cell phone you always have 3G 4G whichever and then when you get good signal it goes to LTE this uses the same broadband as LTE and is able to transmit the photos that are taken because theoretically what you do is you add it into the slot where the the memory card is supposed to be you add your memory card into the cell link adapter And then whatever is taken as photos is transmitted through that cell link directly to your phone at home. Now, big thing, you need cellular service. That's right. This is one of the things that you need to have. So if you are in a, let's say a dead zone where your trail camera is, unfortunately, this is not a product for you. However, if you do use your trail cams in areas that do have cellular service, this could be a great option for you to have because you won't have to do that distance and you'll still be able to check your photos at the end of the night. So to me, it's something that's pretty cool. And especially for $80, can't go wrong. That's the, right. The and other thing, yeah, go I, ahead. I want to mention, I want to mention, you know, this cell link is a product that requires the least amount of investment for you to get this feature on a possible existing camera that you already have. Exactly. Now, don't forget that SpyPoint also offers cameras with this built in. Yes. Which they cost more than the link itself, but if you have no camera and you're getting into it, it's a very cost-effective way to go. Yep. So, well, you're looking at double have, the price. Like camera at, plus ex- the, exactly. the cell link integrated into it, you're looking at the Link Micro LTE. Which starts yeah. off at one seventy. So if you're looking, you're looking at double the price. So pretty much you're paying eighty yep. for the camera, eighty for the link. That's right. Which I mean, you can't go wrong with. Yep. Okay. 
And I think the, I know for myself, the, the link thing, uh, I wish I could use it. We are unfortunately in one of those dead zones. But the big thing for me that SpyPoint did is to go solar. That's what I was about no to mention. No more battery change. <laughs> oh, man. That's their Model S. Uh, just yes. to let you guys know, they have it for the Cell Link um, compatible, and they also have it for their their standard models, uh, which is the Link S or the Micro S. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so cool. Um, you know, obviously, they still have to be in a somewhat sunny area, but... Yeah. Even if they just extend your battery life, you yep. know, you can't make it out there. You you won't miss that shot. That, exactly. You know, nothing is worse than getting there uh, on a certain day. And when you check your, your card, you notice your batteries died seven days ago. Yeah, exactly. What did and you miss in those seven days? <laughs> oh, that, that happened that to me. That kind of happened to us on, on, last, on, on our first deer uh, yep. adventure where uh, I yep. went to go check the cam and the cam lasted about like a day. <laughs> Batteries, yep. I guess, died because from that point on, <laughs> I, there, was I nothing. there was nothing and I had I had gone back, I think maybe like five days after. Yep. So, so the unfortunate you know part of it all, as yeah. you say, is <laughs> yes, the other models do require uh, AA batteries. However they do offer models that only require, uh, well, they do actually, you can put AA batteries in it, but they do have... Yeah, you still need batteries. Exactly. You still need batteries in it. However, you have a solar adapter that is on the top end of the camera, which thus is, allows you to recharge the batteries that are inside continuously, all dependent on the amount of light uh, of where you place your camera at. Um, That's right. The one thing, too, that I do enjoy about it uh, is the simplicity of being able to open it up, get your card out, close it back up, put a new card in, and just keep going. Uh, I was impressed by the uh, photo quality uh, that they did take during the night. Yeah. Uh, I do find that it did have a very high quality uh, for the type of camera that it is. Obviously, it's not like a, you know, it's not a Nikon uh, or a, a yeah. Canon you know, Mach 2 or whatever. But, <laughs> exactly. But I mean, for what it does, for the price that it's at, can't go wrong because you still get to nope. identify what's there. And in terms also of motion sensitivity, I find that the motion sensitivity of the camera itself is quite impressive. I mean, there are, it, I've seen photos, it take photos, um, on just the smallest type of object that would pass through, either it be like a like a small bird, a chickadee, or whatever, and it would yeah. still be able to capture that photo and capture that moment when a bird would come by. So it's not and like not in such a blur either. Like the shutter exactly. speeds are very fast as well. The shutter speed was fast enough to be able to capture the bird as it was passing by, and that's what I find is fun. Even at the distance that it was at, it was still able to identify that small object moving and take the photo. Therefore. Yep. You know, you can you can actually capture, let's say, when a bear or a deer is moving about but further behind. So you can kind of tell the trajectory that it took before getting to your 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 area, your bait area. And that's what yep. I find is fun because it kind of gives you an idea when you go in. Okay, most of the times he'll be coming out from further up ahead or he might do a big roundabout, but he likes to come in through the right or he likes to come in through the left more often than he that's does. That's right from behind the camera. You know, it, it gives you a good idea about that. And that's what I find yeah, is fun. It's a scouting tool. Exactly. It's a scouting tool. So with that, that like like I mentioned, the spy point, uh, you're looking at price ranges. You have some models that are all the way up at 549 Canadian. Uh, but like I said, the cell link, which is an adapter that you can put in, in a large variety of uh, trail cameras uh, to be able to transfer your photos over, that's only $80 Canadian, and it's a good investment. Uh, with that said, how about we jump in to the product of the day? And Matt, I'm yeah, going to give sure. this one over to you. All right. Well, as for products of the day, uh, I know we went over both trail cameras and, and tree stands. That's correct. But I would like to go into, for the product of the day, uh, a tree stand. Uh, 
I really like, again, uh, API outdoors for tree stands. So I'm going to talk about the uh, the double version of the ladder stand, which is something that I've, I've sat in before, I've used. Uh, it has a type of, like I mentioned, gravity seat, if, if you know what I mean, uh, like a patio chair has this like mesh uh, sitting area and backrest, yeah. which they integrated into their their uh, tree stand. Yeah. The comfort level, very high. I still recommend putting a cushion for your seat area because you lose a lot of heat. You can get cold. Okay. That's one yeah. little add-on to there. But comfort-wise, it is very good. Quality, durability size, room, uh, you know, the shooting rail is fully adjustable for different height uh, of people, of yep. shooters. Yep. Um, you're looking at uh, 18 feet off the ground. Okay. Okay. With a very generous foot area, meaning you can stretch your legs, your legs will not get tired out. Uh, so you... quiet, the, everything moves like the, the shooting rail can be lifted or lowered, and it's on little Teflon bushings, which is a, a nice little addition. Yeah, dampers There's no the squeaking. Sound. Yeah. Exactly. No squeaking metal on metal. Yeah. No, uh, that's again, thing. that's why the gravity seat is so great, because when you're getting up, it's not making any noise. Okay. If you're an archery shooter, yeah. which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and two people fit comfortably in there. And price-wise, I mean... You're you're getting a very good bang for your buck at two ninety nine. This is two ninety nine US. Okay. But I mean, they're durable, they're comfortable, they're safe, they're easy to set up. Uh, they come with everything you need, and just a great, great uh, ladder stand from API Outdoors. Perfect. All right, so. With that said, as we mentioned earlier on, we talked about tree stands. We talked, we talked, chalked. We talked about tree cams, trail cams. Holy smokes! Hey, <laughs> Jeez, what's going on? Tree stands and trail cams. There you go. There you go. Uh, we talked about those two uh, as our topics. Uh, we also gave you our product of the day. Um, we talked about safety. We talked about safety. Always, which is always the integral part to every adventure and outdoorsman and woman and person that is out there. This is something that is important to all of us and important to you. Uh, therefore, with that said, I'd like to sign out on this episode. I'd like to wish everybody a great day. Uh, Matt, if you got something to say, I'm giving you the mic. No, the same here. You know, as we mentioned as well, season two is coming up to an end but you can definitely count on season three with a lot of different things, uh, a lot of interviews coming up. Uh, you know, just stay tuned, and uh, we hope to, he to have you on uh, our listening list for our future season. So with that, cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers.